blackness is a title, is a preoccupation, is a commitment. Blacks are to comprehend and in which you are to perceive your glory. The conscience shout of all that is white is, is great to be white. The conscience shout of the slack in the black is, is great to be white. Thus all that is white has white strength in yours. The word black has geographic power, pulls everybody in. Blacks here, blacks there. Blacks wherever they may be. And remember, you blacks, what they told you. Remember your education. One drop. One drop. Make it they brand new black. Almighty drop. And because they have given us kindly so many more of our people, blackness stretches over the land. Blackness. The black of it. The rust red of it. The milk and cream of it. The tan and yellow tan of it. The deep brown, middle brown, high brown of it. The olive and the okri of it. Blackness marches on. The huge, the pugnant object of our prime outright is to comprehend, to salute, and to love the fact that we are black, which is our ultimate reality, which is the lone ground from which our meaningful metamorphosis, from which our prosperity staccato group of individuals can rise. Self-shriveled blacks begin with the gaunt and the marvelous concession. You are our costume and our fundamental bone. All of you, you colored one, you negro ones, those of you who proudly cry, I am Indian. Those of you who proudly screech, I've got the blood of George Washington in my veins. All of you, you proper blacks, you have blacks, you wish I weren't blacks, Negroes and Negrines, you. I want to thank my sponsors, Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts. Thank you for joining Sharon LeVette, the Sojourner at In the Real and to the Point. Today's program will be coming from my novel, Self-Help, Stranded, Stuck on Stupid. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, 
you have within you strength, the patience and the passion to reach for the stars and to change the world. Harriet Tubman. What makes me an expert in life? Love and freedom. This is one of the paragraphs in Stranded. I am sure that this is a question that we have often asked of ourselves, a question we still ask even after we claim the victory over it. I learned how to resolve how the unresolved anger made life almost impossible to fathom. It was nearly impossible for me to live life without blaming something or someone. I didn't feel that I had anyone that I could trust and that being in love wasn't even worth the risk. Love only complicated my living. Surviving is what I know and living was my mantra for things to come. I always waited on someday. Someday I won't have to deal with this. Someday someone will love me for who I was or not for who they thought I might be. I wanted someone to accept me for who I was and not for who they thought I might change into. For a long time, I didn't think that anyone believed in me. I did not even believe in myself. After all, I was a nobody. I was the one crushed by life's greatest horror. I felt like broken glass, scattered, shards everywhere, dangerous and deceptive. I was fragile and easy to manipulate. But even in my most vulnerable state, I was deadly, toxic, caustic. I didn't understand what I didn't know. The pathway to learning to love and unconditional love was what I longed to feel, a feeling I never knew, and the complexity of articulating its perfection was surreal and unobtainable at best for me. The most powerful of all relationships is that the one which is developed through a maternal bond and intuitively created could not be duplicated. After my mother died, I cried without cease over 10 years later. Now, 13. And I still cry myself to sleep, fearful to believe that no one would ever love me. She. 
My anger and my brittle pieces confine me to and into my own way of thinking. So afraid to trust, I nearly lost my faith in God. I thought that he too had abandoned me. I thought that he too had forgot about me. The thought of thinking this led me to a different place. A beautiful place that is but a figment of my very own imagination. You've got to relate in order to have a relationship. And I had no clue. See, with the death of my mom and the lessons I learned, they helped me in prayer and praying. My faith, my faith rested in the peace that God offered. When I wrote the poem, the Psalm of Rosa, a song for Rosa, I was but into a put into a different place, a level above reproach and truth implicitly, implicitly was the only and the final outcome for healing. I had to become vulnerable in God, in love, and in, the, in life before God could bring me out of an emotional disparity. Thoughts of suicide. I did not believe that I could live in this world without my mother. I didn't want to. I did not think that I could survive without her here in the physical form. In fact, I did not want to live without her, period. I blame myself for my mother's death. I will, write, I will write it over and over again. If I have to, I'll do it so I can heal. I dreamt years before her dying and years after I had left Florida and even before I returned home, I had already saw the message on the wall. As vivid as my rising in the mornings, the dream revealed that within two years of my moving back to Florida, I would die. What I had not realized that my mind had me believing that it was me in the vision when, in essence, it was my mother. After all, all of my life, I've been told. I look just like my mother. So when she asked me why wouldn't I come back home before she died, I told her about the dream I had. And she told me that nothing would stop the will of God. So I moved back in October 20, 2005. I moved to Daytona Beach administrative office manager 
for two resorts. And then February, February the 23rd, 2007, at 8.15 p.m., my mother died. The truth is, I don't know if I will ever get past that reality and the dream. In the end, I learned how to love so that I could accept love in order to fight a good, wholesome fight in Christ so that I could be with my mother again and tell her about all the things I've done since she's been gone. This is the point in honor of my mom. The Psalm of Rosa, a song for Rosa. Lord, I'm sitting here in this chapel talking to you face to face. I'm not making any promises and lying to myself, pretending to be someone else in another time or another place. See, you already know my heart and my life in it you have given grace. I'm not ever going to pray for myself, but I am here talking about someone else. Lord, I love you. I cry for you of how you sacrificed and died for me, a body, a man, a spirit, and a soul. I have cried over a man I will never know, and for you, the one I have yet to see. But I am praying right now about my mama, the face you blessed need to be. The man that I have become and your baby April D. We can't forget your ray of light or the child that you welcomed in your life. I'm here about my mother dear. The woman lying here. Your child. Her child. We are all now standing face to face asking so humbly Bless her, O Lord. Keep her, O Lord. Keep her sheltered and clothed in your grace. Held ever so gently and close to your heart. My mama, my mother, my life, his wife, her sons and daughters. Lord, please breathe gently. This feeling that has haunted me after the loss of my mother was almost detrimental in my survival. I could not fathom living my life without her. I spent many, many insufferable nights contemplating suicide so that I could not feel life without her. I wanted to be near her. Then I realized the one thing that I was lacking. The faith that she had. 
And then I had to realize that there was no way for me to see or to be with her again unless I commit myself to the God that she prayed to, the God she believed in, and the God that she loved until her dying death. This is and this was my only truth. And there is no other truth for me to believe in. When I came, when it came to friendships and relationships, I was horrible at it. I was the worst at it. Most men told me that I had the mentality of a dude. A dude. A dude made me. A dude sculpted me. All of them told me that their greatest fear was that they'd always be insecure because they expected me to run off or to run away soon after they put their heart and their trust in me. I ran because they never helped me trust. I was a surgeon on them. And they wanted to lay hands. So like I said, a dude made me. And when they made me, I was blessed with the ability to write. So I'm going to share with you the words of precious and mental health. It's a little skit. Um, a little verse from how I felt after my mother died and not knowing the truth about my life. Here's Precious. I'm changing over. One, two, three. Hey, people. This is a kid-friendly radio podcast, so I can't get into Precious. But I am starting another podcast on another phone so that I can have an adult channel. I'll keep you informed. Precious. When I said my mama saw a part of me that reminded her of my daddy and that person that she saw scared her or made her a little concerned. I was concerned. We was hanging around out in the yard one day and this girl told me, oh, she was going to whip my hind in. And I said, no, you're not. She said, yes, I am. So I ran and I got the BB gun. She was a big girl. I was a little girl. She was not going to beat on me. 
She said, you got that gun? She said, you better use it. I say, I will. She said, no, you won't. I say, yes, I will. She said, no, you won't. I say, well, you know what happened. And then my daddy, my daddy, he think I'm weak. My daddy say I reminded him of a part of my mama that he thought I was stupid. He thought I couldn't think. Thought somebody was gonna take advantage of me. Clearly, men always underestimate me. I've trained a few. Bet you they learn to keep the hands to yourself. See, my motto, my motto is you hit me, I'll hit you back later. What? I'm a win. Thank you for joining in the real and to the point with your surge owner, Sharon Levette. Thank you, Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Public Radio, The Hardaway House, Everything Printing. Whispering Winds out of Trinidad, Colorado. And thank you all for joining me. See you on the next cast. Public and Google Podcast. Also, want to thank. Thank you for joining. Sharon the Vet.